Ooh, shit. Not gonna deny it. I'm in a bit of a. Let me back this microphone up so I don't see what I'm hitting. I love this microphone to death, even though that's too far. I can just try and find the best way to please your guys' ears. Alrighty, so today, this isn't gonna be the craziest topic, but damn. I'm just looking at this goddamn video, and I know the YouTube video is gonna be so terrible. It's okay. You, you 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 win some and you lose some, but you live, you live to fight another day. Shout out to Fra- uh, Craig's dad. What are we gonna be talking about today? Mm, nothing crazy, just Apple and Steve Jobs. You guys can catch every single breath, and I am so incredibly sorry. I suck at audio. I'm not the best at making it sound amazing because I don't understand the settings that much, and I'm only am using OBS. It sounds bad in the earphones when I'm going live, but when I'm playing it back, it sounds a lot better. Steve Jobs and Apple. You notice how I said that so easily and nonchalantly and you were able to just think about Steve Jobs and Apple? Well, one guy made that incredibly easy for both Apple and Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs. His name was Steve Wozniak. Why is Steve Wozniak such an important piece of Apple? Well, technically and physically, he created the damn thing. He was the first person to put the computer in the briefcase and make it the f- technically the first ever real laptop. It was like an electronic mechanical typewriter at the time. But you could put in command prompts and you know, use it like computers were generally used back then. Here's the thing general use for computers around this time and if i'm just gonna say 1978 to be safe to be safe around uh, i ain't even gonna say that it was a little bit before that too anyway um let's just say that ibm represented computers all over the world at the time why because they were exactly what the brand represented internet business machines so these big ass computers that military people were using were now basically stripped of their most important components, minimized, and put into the home of everybody else. You see, the Apple II was good. The Apple II was one of the was the reason why Apple blew up to what it was. And they also created the Mac Macintosh, and then you know how that went. Point is, Steve Wozniak was the first person to create the Apple One and put that and ba- put a computer in the briefcase. He put a computer in a leather briefcase. He put, I mean, I should say a, a few computers because there's not just one in there. Point is, they thought, hey, we can condense these things and put them in the use of everybody here. How did that idea pop off? That's a question I can't answer. All I know is that Steve Wozniak said, you know what? He woke up one day and said, this motherfucker, think, I think this should be in a briefcase. What better way? Like, think about this in 1970. What better way to carry around, around a computer than in your briefcase? If you're a businessman, if you're an internet business machine employee, you're probably carrying around a, beef, a briefcase with a bunch of paperwork. The computer is, is supposed to replace all that paperwork. But, unfortunately, it seemed so simple for Steve Wozniak, who was really good at engineering mechanical devices and electron and, and 
you know, electricity and all that good stuff. Really good engineer. Met with innovation with Steve Jobs, who also understood this world. So you have a software dude and a hardware dude, but they're both software and hardware dudes. It's just Steve now. Steve Wozniak is clearly the one when it came down to engineering devices. What baffles me the most about the briefcase, the Apple One, is that like it's the big, it's one, it's 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 one, it's one of Apple's biggest failures. But most, in my opinion, I think it's like the most important failure though. Because they had a really good idea. Let's put a computer in the u- the hands of somebody who can use it every single day. Let's create the first ever personal computer. PC. In theory, that sounds great. But then when they did it, it's like, it's like VR 10 years ago. You're like, I mean, yeah, I get it. But like, I'm never going to use that damn thing. That shit looks like a fucking... A very big, complicated mess. Nobody wanted to toy around with that thing. Nobody really cared for it that much, in all honesty. They bought it because it was a new technological advancement. Anytime it's a new technological advancement, people are going to fucking ship in. But not everybody did. And they didn't make a lot of money off of it at the time. Like We're not going to sit here and make it seem like it failed them miserably. It's just looking back in time. Yeah, that probably wasn't the best camera. But, you know, the, the Apple II came out. And the Apple II was completely different than the Apple One. Point is, is that Steve Wozniak, Steve Jobs had an idea, implemented it, failed. So imagine this. You're a creator of some sort. You put everything you have into this one artwork, art piece, this one thing. Some buy it, but the rest of the world is like, what the fuck is that? No, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to buy that shit. This microphone is so loud, you guys could literally hear my stomach. That so sucks. I'm so sorry. Point is, these motherfuckers had an idea, failed, came back with the Apple II, and made it the biggest thing ever. At the time, there were it was very hard to keep up with the Apple II. A lot of people know that. But what a lot of people don't know is that as good as the Apple II was, you know, it was still your average... Comp- no, I'm, I'm going to shut the fuck up. That's ignorance. I wasn't born at the time. So it's very hard for a 23-year-old guy to be like, oh, yeah, that device sucked. Well, it's easy to say, but like when you look back in the grand scheme of things and you dive into that year, this is the furthest technology has advanced. The Apple II is like reigning supreme right now, and everybody wants to get their hands on it. And I'm sitting here years and years later thinking to myself, why the fuck did people want? Oh, it's because it was truthfully the only PC that you could buy. And then IBM said, nah, 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 Yo, Microsoft, what you trying to do, my boys? Boys is up here trying to take our money. See, we were focusing on the internet machines. This fucker's over here trying to put these things in houses? Okay, let us show him what we're capable of. So now they have competition. They went from failing to succeeding so much that they went straight for the top dog business. For computers, and that was IBM. IBM went from just reigning supreme over this entire world of computing to to Steve Jobs and and Steve Wozniak's Apple II, saying, "Yeah, watch this. People want to use these things too, you know." Then the Apple II did what it did. Then IBM did what they did, and then Microsoft 
said, uh, you see, I ain't trying to create a computer, but I will create a programming language and a software and, a, okay, a, technically a DOS, but like it was just an operating software. So think of like MDOS, basically is what they called it. Now they have a software. They're not just selling. They can, obviously, they can like sell computers if they wanted to, but they understood that it wasn't about the computer. It was the software that runs it. You could put this software on multiple different shells. And I think that that was one of the most beautiful things about the Apple II. I mean, about software. This is what computers brought to the world. And that was that innovative, creative people looked at the shit and said, hey, yo, I can do this with that. I, don't, I think people underestimate that a lot. That, like, think about how anything advances. It doesn't just advance. People put the work in to create that advancement. And it takes somebody looking at this and saying, that could be done better. And doing it better and then becoming billionaires because now everybody's benefiting off of their fucking idea. So that's kind of, to me, like, my understanding of how Bill Gates really, really took off. He said, I could sell computers too, but I'd much rather just sell y'all some fucking software. Selling software to IBM, and then even got Apple to buy some of their software after the Macintosh did what it did, and then they finally brought Steve Jobs in. He got off of his high horse, or I wouldn't even say it was his high horse. He could have been battling with the CEO the whole time. Finally got out of his, finally got out of his own way and said, yeah, we're working with fucking Microsoft. Come on now. I will say this, though. The main, I think the main reason why Apple wasn't too keen on working with Microsoft too well is because they wanted to do it themselves, you know. But also, Microsoft was mainly focused on MDOS, while Apple introduced the GUI, the GUI, Graphics User Interface, meaning there's graphics now. It's not just a bunch of text on screen. There's graphics, and they're colorful. What does that do to people? Stimulates their brain. This shit looks way cooler than that. Now I want that one more because it can do the exact same thing but better. Duh. Even if it does not have the same amount of hardware and it's like technically a worse computer. But because it has graphics, we want it. This wasn't the first time. This was like the first. Well, fuck that. This was like one of the times where Apple was like. Fuck it. Literally. So now that they're focusing on that, they know what the people want. They have a clue of it. So now let's trickle down the line a little bit. We're done talking about the Apple II. Remind you, the Apple II and these IBM machines at this time, just a bunch of text on a fucking computer screen. The Gooby comes out. Now there's graphics. But guess what? Just like any technological advancement, people have to learn how to make those graphics do cool things, meaning we are, op yeah, we created this technology, but nobody's made anything cool with it just yet. It's literally like the metaverse right now. Yeah, there's this, there's this thing going on, but nobody's quite grabbed this shit by the neck and made it theirs. Facebook technically did do that with the metaverse, yes, but they aren't responsible for the creation of like the thing that puts people in the metaverse. The example would be Nintendo. Would Nintendo be Nintendo without Mario? You know what I mean? Like these companies create themselves knowing that there's going to be another motherfucker who falls in love with their technologies and their algorithms and creates this cool piece.
that other people want to play with. Meaning you're going from business to consumer from to business to business now because you're trying to reach out to developers, which is why I've always thought and will always think that engineers and developers for computer mechanical shit they're always going to like, like, remember when they were, oh, everyone needs a welder. Everyone needs a carpenter. No, motherfucker. Everyone needs a developer. Everyone needs an engineer. Every, this is what the world relies on at this point. We have data centers that are growing at an expanded rate as time goes on. Thank you, crypto. Thank you, blockchain. Thank you, technology. You are literally going to be putting data centers and warehouses of data all over the world. And all they do is store memory. They're big ass fucking mechanical I'm not even going to call them brains. They're not brains. They just store fucking memory. And then people bend that shit and twist that shit and make it their own and then create software. It's just, you know, it's just like this huge broken cycle. Now, let me dial it all the way back to what I was talking about with after the Apple II and after all the MDO stuff. Now we're talking Windows 64 and Mac OS. Because notice, here's, here's the one thing we noticed. We don't see a IBM operating software because they relied on Microsoft to create their software. Apple relied on Microsoft to a certain extent, but still created their own operating system. So now IBM's out of the fucking picture when it comes down to personal computers. IBM still exists because they were here first. They had the biggest impact at the beginning. So they're always going to have their fucking saying things. But they're not nearly as big as Apple, and they're not nearly as big as Windows. It's it's damn near a debate who's bigger out of Windows and Apple. I'm going to say Windows because of the fact that they cover more ground. So it's sort of like the T-Mobile commercials where they're like, yeah, we cover more ground, but quality-wise, what the people want-wise, Apple just does a really good job at fulfilling that. And they've been doing it since the Apple II. That's the shit that pisses tech people off a lot, like real hardcore tech people, is that they're like, how do they keep getting away? They can't keep getting away with this. Yeah, no, they can. I mean, they have been, and they've been making billions of dollars since. Nothing we can do about it at this point. But it's crazy, because Mac had a take on IBM. See, now it's like literal, at this time, it's hardware versus hardware. Then software was created by Bill Gates. It wasn't created, but Bill Gates created a really good software. <laughs> and little did the world know that that's what did it. That's what made the internet usable. That's what made the internet funner. It was an operating software, a GUI. Now we have operating system mixed with GUI. We have Mac shit. Then Windows was like, that ain't a bad idea. Now they're both on the fucking same page and they're running the world when it comes down to hardware. Keyword, hardware. Apple and Windows, one's hardware, one's software. But they both sell hardware. But what happens when you leave it up to these people and these geniuses to come up with different forms of hardware and software? Let's take hardware out the mix for a second. And let's dial back 2009 I don't know how old you are in 2009 but in 2009 I was 10 going on YouTube googling a lot of things that I wouldn't have been able to do without an operating system coding languages pro program languages I should say <sighs> right there is where it gets a little scary for you boy 
Because I'm like, wait a minute, wait a, just hold on a tiny little second. You're telling me that Google was going to be one of the big business, the big, the biggest businesses in the world. It was going to compete with Apple and Windows. The shit that was created damn near by Apple and Windows. If Apple and Windows didn't have this shit ready for these niggas, they wouldn't have even fucking made it. That's the point. History, baby. They create this shit. We use it. And then Jeff Bezos happens. He says, yo, 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 you motherfuckers put their money online. What if they were buying books? And then he said, what if they were buying more than books? And then... He said, what if I got it to them at a faster rate? And then, why don't I go to the fucking moon? Years later. Years later. Amazon is one of the most successful businesses in America. We know that. Amazon isn't created without operating systems. They deliver packages at the end of the day. But so did UPS. And UPS can utilize themselves without a Google. Well, well. It would be really hard at this point because they've adapted to the technology, but they didn't start off relying a hundred thousand ten percent on the technology of operating systems ran by Windows and Google or Windows and Mac. You see, they were simply just an extension of the postal sort the postal service. At the end of the day, that was always going to be there. What did Jeff Bezos do a little bit differently? Oh, we don't just deliver packages. You could order the whole entire thing here. It's basically Walmart on your phone, and we can deliver it to you possibly in the same day if it's groceries. But if it's a package, you'll have to wait like two days minimum when FedEx was like going to make you wait 14 days if you didn't want to pay for packaging. Yeah, if you sign up for a subscription for $8 a month, 8 times 12. Let's just do the math on that. I'm not off the top of my head. Can't do it. I know. I'm bad at math. $96 to buy as many packages as you want on free shipping. So essentially, you're paying $96 a year for shipping. How many packages do you think you 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 take you bought in from Amazon this year? If it's over 10, well, guess what? You 10 times, let's just say the fucking shit was $4, 40 bucks on packages. We all know that like it's a little bit more expensive than that. So we'll say like. I don't know. Every time I've paid for shipping and handling fees, dude, it's like $12. $12 times four. Like, you know, it just, it just shit's just like there's four packages and you're already close to the amount that you paid yearly. Point is, Amazon created a business through the internet, through operating systems that, that couldn't have been created without the inventions of Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak and Bill Gates. And I'm sure there's probably a lot of motherfuckers in that goddamn bubble that I have left out. Okay, yeah, I seen that bubble. Bubble. Ooh, I'm so sorry, y'all. So there are so many people in that bubble that I'm not educated enough to speak on. Point is that these motherfuckers. It's like they set us. They 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 put us in the. They, they're literally putting us in a position to win. And I think that's like when you think about like why did Elon Musk name Tesla Tesla? Well, that's probably because he really believed in Nikola Tesla's story. Oh, he had a great idea. He he was really working towards something and then somebody else said hey what if i did that too but took the credit for it something that we always see in the world this person wants the limelight for something that they didn't think of doing 
happens every now and then, I guess. I can't speak on it for everybody else. But what I do know is that it's very easy for those type of people to get unrecognized. Probably leads to a lot of depression, too. I, I couldn't imagine that happening to me. I talk too much, but at the same time, like, uh, if you let people walk all over you, that's exactly what will happen. So then, now we're, like, we could even use the Tesla, for example. I don't think that car is as successful without the internet. Elon Musk's companies aren't as successful without the internet. He started off with PayPal or eBay, one of the two. I think it was PayPal. Possibly. Started off with that, and then, well, he didn't even start off with PayPal. He had a company. He had. A, he was working for. He started this company that turned into either PayPal or eBay, and then that didn't, that got him his little dough, but you know, didn't satisfy him. So then he said, "Yeah, no, Tesla. Gonna go ahead and do the full thing now. Created an eco-friendly car, solved a problem in the world, um, and then created a Cybertruck." I wouldn't say that solved a problem in the world. What that really did was I can literally control with this live stream. I can literally control the lighting, the temperature, simply by doing this. If you're watching this video, you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. Playing with it too much. Anyway, um... Tesla was kind of different, though. They're mainly hardware. That's car shit, but they still, like, you know, they have an operating system in their vehicle. Operating systems are like, you know, you have a body, but your brain, like, operating systems are truthfully the brain, in my opinion. Or maybe it's the fucking thoughts in your brain. Who knows? All I know is that without this software development, without this operating systems, without these programming languages, these computers are literally just mechanical devices. So you could look at them as like fucking typewriters with a charger. Like you wouldn't need, like if this thing had no operating system, the, the world would not be what it is today. And don't even get me started on social media. Cause I didn't even have to take it there. But if we're going to go that route, um, these people put these up. They didn't just put these operating systems in computers. They put them in, t t in telephones. Imagine saying that in 1999. Yeah, bro, my phone has this new operating system. You, your phone has what? This new operating system. Yeah, bro, iPhone 13 goes crazy. You're gonna fucking you. You're gonna make that. You're gonna turn that person into a genius because they're gonna steal your idea, and then become the next Steve Jobs. You know what I mean? Not the next Steve Jobs, but technology wasn't ready for it that for that just yet and then that really shows me like if i want to dig down into this conspiracy stuff really quickly think about it like we're he like technology is going to advance and history is going to keep doing what it does our purpose here is to play with the shit that uh, to, to, is to play with the resources that we have in front of us so that when the next generation comes in to use it we made it a little bit easier for them to create better shit that's really what it feels like because Jeff Bezos doesn't have access to like IP addresses and you know addresses and he doesn't if the if people don't trust computers Amazon's never going to be born. We trust computers so fucking much. I bet you you have two different cards on your computer if you're of age. In 1999 when I was born, that's probably a different conversation that you're going to have. People are going to be like, "You put your credit card on the internet? What is wrong with you?" Oh shit. 
I guess I believe in the future. I don't fucking know. It's literally crypto all over again. Well, not crypto. It's like crypto's like reliving this again. It's, it's another. It, it's another. It's another thing that's blowing up right in front of us, and you either get in or you don't. But here's my thing to that. I would love to jump into crypto if I knew enough about it. But like, you could invest in crypto for sure. Yeah, that like that seems to be the the best thing to do. That's what they want you to do. They want you to be a consumer of crypto. But they're not advertising the shit that creates crypto or the shit that stores crypto. And those are these really, really hazardous data centers, data mining and all that stuff. Servers and servers and servers in one gigantic warehouse somewhere in Antarctica is not the most healthiest thing. And um, we need some type of gas or coal to like fuel those things to keep power moving. My favorite conspiracy fucking line is. We are stripping the earth of its resources so that we could further the advancement of our technology. And we, we're, we're humans. We're fucking ruthless with each other. We are lit. We send people to like when you take away the story of success, when you take away the like, oh, that's really cool moment from the fucking when they when we sent people to space and they blew up in the spaceship on the way there. Nigga, that's traumatizing. We forget how traumatizing that is. In that moment, that was one of the most traumatizing events that actually took place on Earth. Years later, we see it as, dang. And now we're going to Mars. Ain't that something? Oh, man, you gotta love it, bro. We're geniuses. Yeah, yeah. Like, we sacrifice human flesh to advance technology. We don't give a fuck. We're ruthless with this shit, bro. And I'm gonna keep it a ban. Like, we are ruthless as fuck. We are ruthless as fuck. Just to it. Shit. Is that a monkey? Send that motherfucker to space. I don't care if he blows up. As long as it's blowing up for technology, baby. We don't give a shit. We, re- we really, like, geniuses are, like, trained. Companies are training their employees to not give a fuck about human life. And then we have to go make car commercials and shit that make it seem like we do. Like, yo, in case this yo. Yo, in case this shit kills somebody, we got to put a warning label on there. Just in case it kills somebody. Hey, man. Technology is technology at the end of the day. I'm not saying it's a bad thing what we do. It's just like these are the sacrifices that we take as human beings so that history can repeat it. History can repeat itself. Because at the end of the day, here's the standard. And then we do this. And that doesn't happen without sacrifices my opinion and um some sacrifices that i feel like you kind of have to take in those are you're not gonna feel a lot of sympathy for people you're gonna like disregard their emotions if they're not thinking logically thinking logically is the most important thing in this world of business you are literally trained to not have emotion in the work in those eight hours you're trained to not have emotion really only using this motherfucker and you want it to be as sharp as a pencil, as sharp as a fucking razor blade. That's what they want from you. And if you show too much emotion, it gets in the way. If you tell, if you show too much emotion, you're not thinking about this fully. It, we're going to start it where I set it off first. If you show too much emotion, it gets in the way. Simple as that. And you want to know why? Because if somebody's emotions got in the way of sending people to space, we would have never went to the moon. We would have never been on Mars. 
the Mars rover would have never been created because people let their emotions get in the way because this was morally wrong. Yes, data centers are definitely bad for the fucking planet. But so are fucking cars. And you, we all, any, sorry for the overreaction, but a lot of adults own cars. Is your car eco-friendly? Some of you are going to say yes. Some of you are going to say no. So it's like we can't complain about these data centers. Well, we can when we're going to. But like, it's just to me, it's a little not logical to think of it like that. Because it's like, yeah, sure, complain about the data centers. Those are going to happen regardless, though. And yeah, sure, we could invest in crypto and we could invest in the blockchain. But like, why would you want to invest in this? Like this, not even the like, why would you want to invest in the STEM? You cut the stem, yeah, it can still grow because of what? If you cut the petals off of a flower, you might as well cut the entire head off and let the stem regrow. But the stem might die. But you know what won't die? It's like every time I have a good point, my hands, my this microphone is like, eh. But you know what won't die if you cut the stem? The root, nigga. Why would I want to invest in crypto? Why would I want to invest in NFTs? Why would I want to invest in these stock companies if statistically we should be investing in the motherfucking root? The root right now? The root right now is literally. Dude, I could like hear the fucking echo off this thing. I don't think that's good. I'm so sorry for the audio. Why would I want to invest in the stem when I can invest in the root? Why would I want to invest in the branch of the tree when I can invest in the root of the tree and just create another fucking tree? How do you do that? The world may never know, in all honesty. But what I do know is that you can't have crypto. You can't have coding. Well, you can't have coding. You can't have crypto. You can't have blockchain. You can't have any of these new technological advancements without a data center. Google uses data. They have their data centers. Amazon has data centers. But they don't have the most. Can't even say it. Every single time I've had these, these ideas in my head and I wanted to put them in the Internet, somebody saw that video and said, hey, I think I can do that, too. All I know is that I'd much rather invest in the root not the branch or the tree. I'd much rather invest into the root, nothing else, because if it could potentially just get sawed off at the end. The root has to be fucking pried from the floor. It's really hard to cut the root. It's really hard to get rid of the root sometimes. What's not hard to get rid of is the branch. And yeah, the tree is a little bit hard to get rid of too, but at the end of the day, the tree could always grow back as long as the root's still there. So it's like, let's take a little piece of, of human nature when it comes down to these investments. And that's invest in the root. Don't invest into the tree. Don't invest into the plant. Invest into the root so that you can water the root properly. You got to give the root good soil. It all starts with the seed, of course. The seed's like the idea, though. Like, hey, I have this idea. Now, what do I do with it? You surround yourself with people who think alike when it comes down to that idea. Not alike. You want them to have some differences in life. But at the end of the day, what this is all is, is you learn something, you build, and you grow. Expand. You, you surround. 
I want to surround with people that inspire me or when list or at least require similar desires to do what a T A K E just to reach the T O P. Meaning I want to surround myself with people who do who does what it takes to get there. I want to surround myself with people who does what it takes to get there. So like I said, I'm going to say it one last time. Why would I invest Why would I invest in the tree when I could invest in the motherfucking root? Cuz if you cut the tree off, it could always grow back, but if you take the root out, it could potentially die. It just needs good soil and watering around it in order to, for the plant to grow. This I'm not even high. So I know this sounds like some real pothead shit, but trust me, when it comes down to investing, it's really easy to invest in these companies, but it's not that easy to invest to the thing that's keeping these companies running. Because truth be told, it's not even like they don't want us to know. It's just one of those things where it's like, they would much rather, like these companies would much rather you invest in their stocks than to invest into their actual business. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't really explain that. But no millionaire is going to be okay with you making $6 million off of their product. Does that make sense? Like, like they're going to limit you as much. They're, they're going to limit you as much as they can. So long as it benefits their company. If you get more than them with their company, then you're kind of at a loss. That's why the stock market never really always made, never fully made sense to me. It was always like, yeah, sure. I could definitely invest, throw a few dollars into it. I throw five grand to it make two grand back at first, learn my lesson. You know, I could definitely do that. But it just makes more sense to understand computer science, surround myself with a bunch of engineers and developers, surround myself with people who could literally build data centers, and then plant the seed. Like, why would I want to invest in stock when I can invest in myself, surround my people with people who want to win, and then create a business. That's how I think about it. But at the same time, that's just me being hypocritical because like that's all sounds good. It sounds good. It sounds good. But at the end of the day, like this goes back to what I was saying when I first started my Sweezy Productions account. And that was like having a team is crucial. A whole fucking two years later and I still don't have a team. But what I think is cool about it all is that like I don't think I'm going to be saying that much longer. I think that I'm like finally starting to be around people who get it like I do. And if they don't, fuck them at the end of the day. But at the same time, there are definitely a few people that I got to like, you know, get back in touch with. My point here, really, it started off with like Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak and Bill Gates piloted uh, they, they were the reasons why we got as far as we got in today's time and like they need their credit for that because like everyone loves to shit on apple they it's like literally it's like drake or lebron james it's cool to make fun of these people nba young boy these fucking people are so popular we have nothing better to do than to make fun of them for being successful they're going to have their fuck-ups. They're going to do the things that people may not like about it. But at the end of the day, these fuckers are successful people. And we can't stand it sometimes. We are natural-born haters on the internet. So, that's just how it is. I can't stand that. But at the same time, like, I own a MacBook. 
I own an iPad and I own an iPhone. Like I'm never gonna sit here and bash Apple. Like I can't bash something I own. Like I could bash my car, right? I could say my car fucking sucks. No, my car doesn't. It, in fact, my car was made to be really good until people like me got a hold of it and didn't take good care of the car and didn't use it for the, like didn't utilize it to its fullest potential. So now, yeah, it's a fucking shitty car because I sucked at using it. Simple. It's like, come on, really? Um, But yeah, that was really what like a quick little brief vent on like data centers. It was just kind of like a little quick timeline from Apple to data centers. Because it's like, what was the one thing that was created throughout that entire process? Data centers. Data was needed to be stored so badly, we created warehouses full of servers to store these datas and then offered people cloud service options. Meaning you no longer have to own your own server. We'll, we'll fucking bust out a couple of racks for you at a cheaper price than the server. Why? We want the reoccurring money. We want the subscription fees. We want you guys to be a Google. I have a two terabyte. Um, I have two terabytes of cloud storage with Google. Statistically, I am supporting Google's data center, meaning I submit. I mean, I I I am, I am like by de, I am by default. What's the word? Uh, guilty. I'm guilty by association. Simply, I support the fact that they are burning emission fuel into the into the earth. I am I am at fault here because I pay them $10 a month to do that. I'm not the only one. There's billion dollar companies doing it too. So it's like this. The comp the world says, yeah, like I it comes back to it, stripping the world of its resources and I think we have to learn from human nature in order to save ourselves. Yeah, it doesn't really work that way. Because I want to invest in data centers, but at the same time, I'm not going to invest into a data center that's bad for the world. Simple as that. I want a data center that people can trust, like the PC, shit like that. Data centers are the shit that's popping off. Data centers are really where it's at. If you own data centers, you own companies' entire lives. I think that's truthfully B2B. You own their business. You shut down, they shut down. It takes three years. They have 15 years of footage in my database. If I wanted to be a dick and took a fucking hard drive out, I could fuck this company so badly right now and then kill myself and I never have to deal with the repercussions. You know what I mean? Like, you are in full control of these companies' company if you have their servers in your fucking database or your data center. And I think that that right there is where, like, whoever owns a majority of these data centers, ooh, boy. Oh boy, I don't want to know how much control they have over, over people. It's pretty crazy. But, like I said, data centers are the thing that, like, companies are, like, going to end up relying on. Like, my company's falling subject to it right now. We have our own server, but eventually we're going to want to upgrade into a data center. Because, truth be told, there's no better option than a data center at this point. Just thinking honestly. So, yeah. I guess that was more of like a brief vent on the current on the current status of where technology is at. I know I was talking NFTs, crypto, and meta last time. I don't really have much to say about crypto, other than you know it's a, it's it's just another like branch on the blockchain tree, you know. Mm, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not.
I think it's going to be another form of currency. And well, it is another form of currency. Look how much we depend and live off of money. Cash value. Now, imagine if you didn't ever have to convert your crypto into cash. People were just taking payments of crypto at this point. It's not, we're not like, it's, it's going to get past the point where like you're the shit for owning this amount of crypto. That's going to die. Oh my God. This microphone's too loud. That's, oh my God. Dude. Like I was talking like that this entire time. That's going to fucking like die down eventually. That's the beauty in crypto. That those numbers are going to decrease because people are going to use it more. So now the supply isn't going to be as valuable because everyone's using it. Once it gets to that point, to me, is when everything will start calming down a little bit. Because now people are going to like habitually use crypto as a form of payment. When it reaches that point is when I think that... Uh, Today, I was like, damn, we really rely on money. And then that's when I realized that that's why the stock, that's why people are treating crypto like a stock market, because it's going to be the next form of currency. So if you have a way to control it now, in 10 years, you're going to have one of the most successful businesses, like I'm calling it now. Any company who starts really going in on this crypto shit, figures out their own algorithms that can make the world use it every day, Amazon, Walmart. That is what the blockchain and these data centers give these new innovative people the ability to do. When the internet was created, Google happened. And now Google uses the blockchain. Walmart uses the blockchain. There's the, blo the blockchain is now where it's at. So the blockchain, whatever comes out of the blockchain is, su is supposed to be successful now. Ethereum, Bitcoin, they even tried it with Dogecoin, boy. NFTs, blockchain, baby. But you can't have a blockchain without a data center. Oh, yeah, you can. Ain't going to go there. But point is, the more of it that we need, the more information we have to store, the more data centers we'll need at the end of the day. And we store information way more than people think. Think about this. Every time you think a thought, a bite, a bite, why a bite? B -b 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 like, why is that so hard for my... Is this microphone really that fucking loud? I'm going to hate playing this audio back later, dude. Um, anytime you think of anything, just think of a bite. You, a, a bite is processed for every single millisecond of a thought. And then imagine if you had to record that on a 24-hour basis and then upload that to a hard drive. It would take 24 hours in order for every single bite to be uploaded. Now, I know that this like, doesn't make the most sense, but think about that. But for every single human, times 10 in these data centers, that's like how much information is running through these uh, terabytes of fucking data a minute or running through these data centers, terabytes of data a minute. And I think that's the minimal way of putting it. And that's what's crazy about it. So, yeah, data centers are fucking nuts. Um, Apple and Steve Wozniak showed us what innovation can do to the world and you know, the first fad in the most, like, in the past 20 years was the internet. Before that, it was television. Before that, it was the fucking phone. Before that, I don't, I don't even want to go that far. Point is, blockchain's turn. Data center's turn. Let's see what these companies do next. Got a gut feeling that the metaverse, augmented reality, virtual reality, those three things right there, 
software going to be the source of cryptocurrency? It's like, why else would we be going into this direction? These two things are going to do that. Can I have my moment, please? Meta, crypto, explosion of hype. I'm calling it now.